The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Rashad Harris is a Virginia-based digital media strategist who left a life working at a call center to pursue a career in digital marketing with his wide-ranging background that covers content creation, social media marketing, email marketing, and brand strategy. He helps unconventional brands find their voice, generate awareness for their brand, and then grow their income by optimizing their presence for both mobile and social media. His mission is to provide business knowledge to black and brown creatives and entrepreneurs on practices that help them lead the life that they ultimately want to live, because he is also on that journey. Family, let's welcome Rashad Harris, also known as Shad, to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. So excited to have this guest on our show today. He is someone that I tend to bump into about every two months because <laughs> he is out in the community doing wonderful things um, and helping us entrepreneurs be better people um, and have a bigger influence and all sorts of things. So anyway, I'm getting into my my own testimony. But anyway, so let me introduce you all to Shad Harris. So welcome, Shad, to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I've been really looking forward to this conversation for the past couple of weeks. So glad we was able to make it happen. So Oh, certainly, certainly. And I'm so glad that you um, were interested in being on the show. And yeah, we're about to get into it. So before I get into all my questions, because I have a few, can you introduce yourself to the family and then let them know where they can find you? Yes. So um, pretty much I'm a Virginia-based digital marketing strategist. So I work with very unconventional and innovative businesses to kind of help grow their businesses as well as... um, make a strong impression on social media as well as actually making money off of their social media presence. So mm-hmm. I do a lot. So I've been doing that for roughly about full time going or full time three years. Um, but I've been dibbling dabbling for probably like the past uh, seven years or so. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So if there are people in the Virginia Beach Hampton Roads area, how can they find you? Or even digitally, where can people find you? Yeah, you can actually find me pretty much everywhere that's shot here. So that's uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, I'm also launching my shodhairs.com website actually this week. So uh, you should be able to go there and be able to find me as well. So. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Also, you can find my, my company is called the Rebel Society. So that site is actually down for the moment doing some maintenance on that. But anything work related, you'll find me at the Rebel Society. Okay. Fantastic. So in your in your bio, you talked about um, you made the leap from a call center to doing this work for yourself full time. How, how did you know it was time to leave the call center? Because I'm thinking about people who are listening who are now working for someone else and, you know, starting to get that itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
let me first all say that, you know, when I put that in my bio, that's by no means like downplaying the people that actually work at a call center. Right. My wife said that when she looked at my bio, she's like, yeah, you pretty much like, you know, trashing people that work at <laughs> Like, that's not the thing at all. But um, right. what, ha- what happened was, is I was working at, I actually worked at a place called HSBC um, when I was like 21 to like 23. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now Capital One. And then I started working at um, a place called Citigroup. Mm. Um, which was a government contract there for, you know, their government credit cards. So I did that. I thought it was going to be like, you know, like one or two years, mm-hmm. you know, turn into eight years. Oh. And so what real, at first I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just try to, you know, climb the ranks of this job, just try to get better, try to get promoted, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then something happened. I remember kind of flipped the switch in my head. Um, the job had just hired, like, you know, had a new, like, training class. So they just brought all these new people into work. Mm. And then maybe about less than a month later, they fired all these people. Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> once I saw that happen, it kind of, you know, like I said, flipped the switch in my head. Like, you know, if they could do that to these people who they pretty much made them quit whatever job they was at before to hire them just to fire them, mm-hmm. that they could do that to me. Right. So... At that point, my mindset flipped from, hey, I'm going to just try to be promoted. I'm going to be a company man, wear suits. I'm going to do all this stuff to, like, you know what? I need to bank on myself because I can't fire myself. Mm-hmm. So even though it still took me probably about another three years after that to really, like, from that moment until the time I actually quit my job, I was, you know, hustling, you know, doing side work from pretty much from the time I got off work to, like, from 530 to 6 o'clock till you know midnight to one two o'clock in the morning i was hustling i was um working with different people i was shooting different projects i was working different events i was doing whatever i can to try to make enough money that allowed me to quit so the thing that actually made me put in that two weeks notice was i was i was actually looking for another job so okay which my wife said I probably should have never did that anyway. So I was looking for another job, had an interview, killed the interview. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was supposed to take my P test on one day, but I couldn't get off my job. Oh. So I didn't make it. So I tried to take it the next day. They wouldn't allow me to do it. And then, so they were sending my offer. But the crazy thing is I already put in my two weeks notice. Oh. So I was like, I felt like embarrassed i like i don't even i don't smoke i don't do none of that so like right it's not like i was in here you know blowing it down or something like that right. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. right you're not you're not trying to avoid the test right right right, right. <laughs> so like that just got like not putting my two weeks i was already you know around there saying you know i ain't doing no more work i ain't doing nothing in here <laughs> like i was doing all that right but then it's just like God, so what I do, like, do I tell them, like, yo, just kidding, I'm still here. Or, right, like, just, right. Like, just show no. up like nothing happened, right? Right, right. <laughs> or, you know, do I say it's time for me to kind of bet on myself? So I had a conversation with my wife, and she's like, you know what, it's that time. Mm-hmm. I had some money in my 401k that'll last me for, like, six, like, probably, like, eight months. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what, it's that time. So that's kind of when I just like, you know what, I'm going to step out on faith and kind of get to it. And then like I said, I've been doing it for the past uh, three years. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Talk about being pushed into entrepreneurship, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a shove into entrepreneurship. Right. <laughs> right. 
but it was all a blessing. So I definitely, you know, you know, loved every minute of it. So. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we're yeah. glad that you're doing it. it it's, it's serving us. So we appreciate yes, it. Yes, most definitely. You know, <laughs> I'm to provide as much value to anybody that will listen as I can. So Absolutely. No, I know you also have said in terms of like the clients that you're interested in working with that you are really looking for unique or unconventional brands. And so right. what, what does that mean? What is a unique or unconventional brand? Um, unique and unconventional, what to me is people who are not like your average, you know, you know, occupations like, a, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, just a regular restaurant or, you know, something real like run of the mill where you got to wear suits, you got to fit like a certain mold to kind of fit in that industry. Like, I'm not really about that at all. So when I say unique, I'm talking about like, you know, gyms or I'm talking about, um, anything that's like digital based. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with like tattoo artists. I work with, you know, women's fitness gyms. I've worked with, uh, I work with a couple of restaurants. I've worked with uh, mental health companies mm-hmm. and, and I'm cool with working with people that's in that, those particular industries. Mm-hmm. But to me, the owner of the founder has to be somebody that's willing to do something completely outside the box. Mm-hmm. Cause that's pretty much what my mentality is. Because I see that everybody in a certain industry probably does the same thing, but I want to work with those people who are going, you know, left instead of right. Mm. So if you're trying to, you know, do something completely outside the box, pretty much crush the box that everybody else is in, Mm -hmm. those are like my ideal clients. Mm. Okay. Because that kind of answers my next question because I'm like, so maybe you're not a unique business but can you be transformed into an unconventional brand? Like, can that attorney be, you know, transformed into a unique business, that sort of thing? Can that I believe that you can, but there's a lot of layers you got to get through before you actually get to that point. Mm. Like, there's a lot of people that, I don't want to cuss on your platform, but <laughs> that care was- way too. There's a lot of people who give. Say what you got to say, Sean. there's a lot of people that give a fuck about what other people say and what other people think about what they do way too much Mm. so you got to get through a certain level of that before you can say you know like know what i don't give a shit about what anybody else say this is what i'm gonna do Mm. Mm -hmm. and so there's people that are already there who are thriving just because they're doing things that they really want to do instead of doing the things that other people tell them to do or other people suggest that they do okay so like for me it got it took a while for me to actually get to that level which i'm at now but for a while i cared about you know what my parents thought what you know my friends thought what my other family members thought Mm -hmm. but now it's kind of all about like what do i really feel like i was raised right so i have integrity i have morals i have all that stuff but at my core what are the things i really care about what are the things i really want to do and what are the things i know will help me get to those levels that i want to reach at so I just kind of like just block out everybody else's thoughts and opinions and just kind of go really just look internally and say, these are the things that I want to do. And these are the things I will be doing. Mm, okay. So not being constricted by right. other people's motives even. Right. Right. There's a lot of people, like I said, it's, it's kind of sickening that they just care way too much about what other people think. And that mm-hmm. stops them from doing the stuff that they really want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So like I can definitely work with people who are, you know, in very conventional spaces, but you just got to have that mindset of like, like you got to have your own mindset. Like this is the things that I really want to do. And it's not based off what somebody else is doing. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's, and I find that's kind of hard to kind of get to. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess, cause it is sort of like, um, you definitely want to have your own voice that you don't sort of mimic other folks. But right. I think maybe for some people, there's a lot of fear. Like, what if I go too far and I eliminate my <laughs> my customers? Um, or, you know, that's, that's actually, that is really the part that I'm trying to get all my clients to get into. Like, go, like, pretty much draw a line in the sand and say, like, either you're going to rock with me or mm-hmm. you don't. But the people that do rock with me and love what I do, mm-hmm. those are the people that I ultimately want to work with. Ah, I got you. So that's kind of where I'm at in my brand. Like, my wife will say, like, yo, you're doing a lot right now. And I'm like, yeah, I am. But <laughs> and but I'm being, like, you know, unapologetically me right now. Right. So the people who are, you know, thrown off or, you know, feel away about some of the stuff that I do, mm-hmm. which I don't feel I do anything crazy, but people who are thrown off about that, they're not really my clients. Yeah, right. But right. there are certain people that hit me up every day and like, yo, I love what you got going. I can't wait to work with you and stuff like that. Those are the people I, I really want to work with. Right, right. Because that, Yeah, that's the ultimate nugget, right? So the more yeah. you are yourself, the more you'll get the clients that you want to work with anyway. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Like in the past six months to a year, I work with a lot of people who who didn't know what I did or who just thought I was like your regular everyday, you know, strategist or somebody who did videos and stuff like that. But then they realized that I was completely different and then that kind of threw them off. So I put like in my daily affirmation that I want to work with people who are fans of mine. Mm. And so now I'm actually getting to the point where people are saying like, yo, I've been following you for, you know, X amount of months and Mm -hmm. I love, you know, what you're talking about. I love what you're doing. Like, how can I be involved in all this other stuff? So that's kind of like what I love the most right now. That's so cool. So would you say that there is um, freedom in being unique or unconventional? It's all freedom. Like It's, it's all freedom? Yeah, it's the, it's the best type of freedom, too. Like, I know when I was a... I always tell like my mom and dad, it's like the, the biggest thing they gave me was, which was the most uh, freeing thing, was they gave me a car when I was 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What some people think of is like, you know, why would you give your kid a car at 16? But to me, like that gave me my freedom. Like I was able to do like all the stuff I wanted to do, all the stuff I needed to do. And then from there, it was kind of like no looking back. Like I always want to have that level of freedom of just being able to do, say, yeah, do and say what exactly I want to do. Mm-hmm. So with me now where I'm working for myself and working with different clients, I'm not really about you know, people telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I want to partner with people to kind of help bring their vision to life, but do it in the most freeing way possible. So mm. that's kind of like my whole mentality right now. Like, I didn't really, I didn't, I always tell myself this, like, I didn't quit my job for other people to tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> like, that just right. doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Right. That makes no sense. So right, right. I want to do exactly what I want to do. But at the same time, I want to help people get the results and, you know, achieve the goals that they want to reach. So, mm. Okay, so I'm imagining at this point there are people listening who are feeling really inspired 
and maybe they're in that conventional position or they start to think about how they can um, sort of set themselves apart in their industry or they want to be that unique brand. Mm -hmm. So how can, what sort of advice or what steps can you give these entrepreneurs to help them get to that, that freedom? How can they get what you got? Um, it's a couple different things. Um, okay. As far as, you know, making a name for yourself or, you know, trying to reach that freedom, like especially within your business, mm -hmm. um, I always tell people you got to cut through the noise. So right now there's people all over the place that's saying there's probably a million people want to do the exact same thing that you do. Mm -hmm. So you got to find really lean into yourself and figure out what makes you different, what makes you unique. Is it, you know, your love of um, movies or is it a love of, you know, um, you know, just you're good at building relationships or you love dogs or whatever you feel like makes you like really stand out and things that you actually love, just lean all the way into that. Mm -hmm. Because most people try to be, like I said, try to be like everybody else, mm -hmm. which the only thing that leads you is a copycat of somebody else. Right. So if you lean into, you know, who you really are at your core, you know, what you love, what makes you different, what makes you unique, that's going to make you stand out above everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then from there, to me, it's really just finding the lane within that, that you know, that nobody else is taking advantage of. Mm -hmm. So, like, with me, what really started to, you know, early this year, what really started to kind of get my name kind of out there more is I realized that I that people always knew me for doing videos, uh -huh. um, which I kind of, you know, helped that as well by just putting out a lot of videos. But then I realized that my main, my main thing that I want to be known for or my main talent is doing marketing. Mm, right. So I was like, you know what? What I'm going to do is actually focus on the marketing part instead of focusing on the video because in my industry, there's either people that do marketing and they don't do any type of content or they create content and they don't, have no idea about marketing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the marketer that knows, you know, knows video. Mm, right. So I really just saw what that lane is. I saw what the my competition was doing, saw and just said, you know, what makes me different from this person? What makes me different from this other person? And just kind of dive into that. But then I was like, you know what, on social media, what can I do that actually people need to get from me? So I just started coming up with ideas of concepts of stuff that I could speak about and really just started going all in on, you know, putting out those pieces of content that will help other people. Right. And really just really going hard on the content side of it. So for me is, you know, for anybody else that's you know listening right now, it's just really understanding who you are at your core, you know, lean into that heavy, mm -hmm. but then also see what your competition is doing and say, I'm going to go completely different. Mm -hmm. And that will definitely, you know, free you up in your business. Okay. Okay. So it's important to sort of stalk out the people who are doing things that are very similar to you. I say you got to stalk, but you definitely need to pay attention. Um, <laughs> a lot of people will always say, you know, I don't have competition. I don't really believe in that, but you, you should always know exactly who your competition is, especially in your general area. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, you know, you know, one or two, maybe three people understand what they're doing and, mm -hmm. They say, all right, they're doing this. Let me see how I can do something different that make me stand out. So, 
Right. Like I'm very aware of who's in my space that's doing the exact same thing. Right. Right. I think maybe when people hear the word competition, they're thinking like an active thing. Like this is somebody I'm actively like battling. Um, when that's not necessarily the case at all. Um, you just sometimes want- it is de- depending on the person. Like I'm very competitive, so I I get that. Like some people. <laughs> Some people need that person that they actually, you know, are going against in the head. Like, mm. like some people, like, you know, famous people like Michael Jordan, like he was very competitive. Like he knew exactly who he was going out there and he was like going to tear them down. Like, so I'm not the person that's going to tear somebody down, but I know that I know I'm battling somebody, even if they don't know it, I know I'm battling somebody. <laughs> and it's just what it is. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody's like that, but. I play sports all my life, so <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah. And sometimes that is motivating, too. Um, if you see somebody doing something, you're like, oh, but here comes my thing, you know, that sort of thing. Right. It kind of makes you not be complacent. So if you see the person that you're, you know, in your head competing with doing something, dope, you're like, you know what? I need to step it up. I need to do something even better. I need So, you know. Iron sharpens iron at the end of the day. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even if, like you said, even if you're cool with that person, y'all are super friendly, you need right. somebody, to me anyway, like I need somebody that, you know, I'm looking at and saying, oh, I, I really admire what they're doing, but how can I do something even better? How can I do something even over the top? Or, right. You know what I mean, so. right, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How else, how else can entrepreneurs get into this, this freedom and get through those layers that you mentioned? Like I said before, I feel like the main thing is really just being super self-aware. Um, how, did like, you, how did you become so self-aware? I was actually about to talk about that. Oh, okay. Look at us. Yeah, okay, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go no, ahead. So I became super self-aware when I was 24. Mm. I had just gotten dumped. I put this in a video. So I was in a relationship for like two years. Mm-hmm. And I had just got dumped. And so... As of like, I've never been done before. Like, I was like that guy that always like, no, I'm out of this situation. <laughs> so, so, I got dumped, mm-hmm. and I really just like for like a month, I just sat in my apartment, like, yo, just really like thinking to myself, like, how did this happen? Like, mm. like just saying, like, what did I do to kind of mess this up, or what was I happy? Was I not happy? Did I not make somebody else happy? So it really just allowed me to just sit there with my thoughts for like a month or two. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like, I know some people say, you know, open up your third eye, but it kind of like opened up my third, like, awareness eye. Right. <laughs> they kind of see, like, all right, so this is what I'm doing. Good. This is what, these are the things that make me happy. Mm-hmm. These are the things that I don't like, that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. These are the things that I need to do to kind of make myself better. These are the things that I'm not good at, but I don't really care about changing. Mm. Um, so that carried over to relationships I met my wife you know um, but then after that it kind of carried over into business where it just opened my mind up as far as like all right these are the things I really want to do these are the things that these are the people that I want to work with these are the people who are headaches but they pay me so I need to try to figure out a way to kind of get that same money from somewhere else Mm -hmm. Um, these are people that you know I really don't care if I ever see you again. Like it just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just opens you up to kind of really just have those conversations with yourself and being real honest and transparent with yourself about the stuff that you really want to do. 
Mm-hmm. And like opening yourself up to like fears and all that stuff. Like my main fear right now is not, I fear that I have to go back and get a job. Mm. And for a while I would say like, when I worked a job, I was like, you know, if I just had a chance to, you know, work for myself, I would kill it. And so now my fear is like, what if I didn't work as hard as I could and had to go back to a job? Because this opportunity, this window is only open for this particular period of time. I can't go back at 45 and say, all right, well, I'm going to go back out here and do it. Right. Like, um, I'm 33, so this is the time to kind of really go all the way in with what I'm doing. So so back to you know the original thing, just being fully honest and transparent with yourself, because then they'll open up your mind as far as letting you know exactly what you need to do, what you want to do, the people that you want to work with, the people you don't want to work with, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I, I appreciate you sharing it because I think there is a, um, a beauty in being able to be really honest with yourself about what you want to do, also what you can't do. Right, right, right. <laughs> don't stretch yourself so far that you're now doing, you know, you look unrecognizable to yourself. Um, right. um, and so, what do you think are so I have to bring like the mental health piece in. Mm-hmm. So what do you think are could be some mental health challenges when people are seeking this freedom? Like what are some emotional obstacles that they could hit as they're as they're starting to, you know, become more honest with themselves about what they should be doing in their business? Um the biggest emotional challenge that I faced was Actually, two. Um, one is, like I said before, just caring about what other people thought or the approval of other people. Mm. So um, another quick little story that I have is, um, as a kid, my mom always you know, built me up saying, hey, you can do whatever you, you know, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grew up with that. Like, you know what? You no, know, whatever I want to do, no matter what it is, I'm going to kill it. Mm-hmm. So when I actually came, became, you know, an adult in my 20s and said, hey, this is the role that I want to take. I want to, you know, work with businesses. I want to do marketing. My mom didn't kind of really, she didn't get that. Mm. So it was met with a lot of confusion, mm-hmm. also like indifference, like, like, well, I'm going to just keep sending you these uh, links to usajobs.gov so you can... Ah, uh-huh. So maybe, so that, yeah. <laughs> so that, like, affected my confidence. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, my, my mom was the only person that said I could do anything, but now it don't seem like I could do anything. So mm-hmm. what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, that kind of, like, stuck with me for a while where I had to, like, you know what, how can I get out of this? And so I really had to, like go into myself once again and like, all right, well, I just started building myself up from the inside. Like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. You're going to make this amount of money. You're going you're gonna to be great. You know, you're going to walk into a room and dazzling with your, you know, with your wit and charm and all this other stuff. Um, so once I got over that, then it kind of helped me to like, say, you know what, I can do whatever I want. I had friends around me who were, you know, guys that were in my wedding that I realized weren't really there for me. So that kind of, you know, took me back a little bit. Right. And so that, you know, just got my mindset of like, I need to build, you know, genuine relationships that are, you know, reciprocal, you know, Mm -hmm. where I'm not the only person that's giving something. Mm -hmm. And so that way I won't feel a way when people are takers for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. 
that I need somebody, you know, to kind of pour it back into me, kind of check on me, see how I'm doing and stuff like that. So, so um, that was one thing. Um, but the other thing would be just focus on what makes you happy. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of times people look for other people to make them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, people look for their spouse, their, you know, significant other, their jobs, all that stuff. But you got to really feel like, realize, you know, what are the things that, you know, a, a client of mine used to say this, what are the things that make your heart sing? Mm-hmm. And so for a while, like I got to the point where I was hanging out with friends all the time, but I felt empty still. And then I went all the way in with work where I was working pretty much every day, all day. Mm-hmm. And even though I was progressing in career, I felt, I still felt like partially empty. Like I felt like my professional side was kind of, you know, growing, but I felt personally, I wasn't growing out stagnant there. Mm-hmm. And so I like, you know what, what I need to do is, you know, find what makes me balance, mm-hmm. what makes me, you know, feel like I'm doing great on the business side, but I'm also doing great on the professional side. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was something simpler as, you know, getting some friends up, getting a, a strong group of friends together and say, hey, every Friday we're going to go to happy hour. We're just going to go and kick it and just be around each other and just have a good time. Mm. So, you know, I thank my, you know, my friends, uh, Sean, uh, G.A., Shalice, and Corey for that. So we all, you know, just got together. We'll hang out. We'll be like on Granby Street or in Norfolk, you know, from like five o'clock to like 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I just needed that time to myself where I felt like my personal side was being, you know, pumped into just as much as my professional side. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's spot on because I think sometimes as a business owner, you don't necessarily have those traditional, well, I'll start working on the business at nine and then I'm going to stop at five. Right, right, <laughs> and right, so right. It, can, it can lead into the early morning or late at night. And so you need those people outside of yourself to be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. don't forget and about you. It was very isolating too. So It sure is. It sure yeah, is. So it's a lot of times where you're just sitting in the house by yourself or sitting in the office by yourself or, and it's just you and your thoughts for right. hours on end. Right. So sometimes you need those times where you can either, you know, speak to people who kind of understand what you're going through or mm-hmm. really just like escape from the stuff that you're going through all the time. Right. Sometimes you just need to have a good old silly laugh. You know what I mean? Right, just, be, right, right. <laughs> just be silly and talk about nonsense. Right. Um. So, so that's something I definitely felt like I needed for a while just to kind right. of be able to get away. I have a couple friends that I can, you know, actually speak to about my business, but sometimes you just need a friend that you can just go out and have a good time and don't even worry about, you know, the emails you got or the work right. that's piling up. You just, you know, go out and just do something for yourself. So Absolutely. I feel like whoever is listening has taken some good notes on all the things that you have said today. This is some I, hope so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if they didn't take notes, they're like, okay, I'm going to listen to this again when I get home. Yes, That's yes, other thing. Yes. Um, you have been very open about your journey and the wonderful things and then the things that you um, that have been challenging, but that you wind up being successful on the other side of. And I think mm-hmm. that's so cool. And that's yeah. kind of like a huge message for entrepreneurs. Like even if the thing that you think is going to work out kind of flops or fails, 
that you can still sort of rebound from that and kind of get a victory from it. Um, yeah, that's what it's all about. I feel like everything is a learning lesson, so you need to learn something from everything that you go through. So right. I, and I've had a I've had a lot of failures, so I've learned a lot in these past couple of years. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. So I'm sure you have all these you know jewels that you can pass along to other folks as a result of that. Yeah. So I'm not gonna keep you because I know time is money, right? So, but <laughs> for real. So right. this last question though, what does minding my black business mean to you? Minding my black business. Um, hmm. To me, that means. To me, that means not being stuck in the box of what other people think being a black business means. Mm. Like sometimes, have being a, a black business has a negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. So people might think that you're unprofessional, that you have, you know, customer service, that your business is not going to be all the way together pretty much. Mm-hmm. But to me, mind of my black business is being top of class with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't be, you know, the bare minimum because that's what other people expect you to be. Mm-hmm. Or don't be, you know, lazy in your business because that's what other people expect you to be as well. So mm-hmm. just be, you know, just be top notch with whatever you're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, help people along the way, help people that look like you should help people in general, mm-hmm. but especially help people that look like you yeah. get to where you're at or help them exceed your level even. So mm-hmm. just, you know, building yourself up, building your business up, but also building, you know, your community up. So mm. that's, that's what it means to me. Okay. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. So bringing everybody along. I right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can deal with that. Oh my goodness, yeah. y'all. This is good. This is good. Thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a fantastic experience. No problem. I, I really love this conversation. So I know when we talked about it probably like last year, I was like, yo, I was thinking to myself, like, I really want to do it, but I have nothing to talk about. So <laughs> That's now true. I have a little bit more to talk about. Experience, so I feel like it led to a better conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know that you're minding my black business. <laughs>